Quick throw left side. Has the first down and more up the sideline. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Houston. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All Access. Oh, yes, it is. Hello, Texans. Good evening. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you, joined by the General John McClain because it's Thursday and we set our clocks and our calendars to that happening each and every Thursday. And busy week, busy weeks for your Houston Texans since the start of training camp. Actually, before that, too. But today was one of those days that we'll remember. When the Texans had practice called off and barbecue was called in, and I had some, Johnny, it was real delish. So I hope you got some. Did you get some of the barbecue? I didn't. I got a whole heaping of uh, something else. So, yeah. No, I did. I oh, did. You... Uh, yeah. Um, was, I, I, was I not my daughter supposed had a to doc- take? I, first of all, I didn't know. I mean, I knew about the barbecue. But my right. daughter had an appointment uh, to see her doctor out in the woodlands. So I was driving all day trying to take care of that. Oh, oh, so that was the heaping of traffic and other issues you yeah. had to take care of. The General, John McClain, joins us, uh, Johnny. And, General, how's it going tonight with you? I know you didn't get the barbecue because you probably weren't in the building, unless you made it over here uh, in time, just in time to have the news that practice was called off. We were in the building, the media, but, of course, the media wouldn't be invited to have barbecue. <laughs> it was a team bonding session, and the media is not part of team bonding. And that reminded me when David Cully told us that practice was called off and that the interviews at the end of the day, which, of course, is the worst possible time to have interviews, when uh, those interviews were not going to be made available. Of course, everybody was happy about it. And it reminded me when Bum Phillips was the coach of the Oilers, the Love You Blue Oilers, he used to like to do team bonding things. There was times that he would have pizza parties. There's other times he would stop practice and have an ice cream truck come out on the field when it was hot and the players were sweating and spitting and everything is just so terrible. He'd tell them, take off the pads, and they'd pass out ice cream. I remember one time at a training camp in San Angelo, might have been like 1980, they had a pizza and beer party in the lobby of the dorm. And Willie Nelson and Mo Bandy came by to play their guitars. And those are the kind of things that he liked to do to bond. And I asked him one time, why do you do the things you do? And he he liked to room a a lot of white players with black players. And he said, I'm trying to create a family atmosphere. I can't control them when when we're at home and they go home at night. But when I do have control on them, of them, I want to build that family atmosphere because I believe when the times are their toughest, you might subconsciously let down your friends that are next to you and behind you, but boy, you're going to dig a little deeper for your family. And that's why they were able to pull off some humongous upset victories in the playoffs, San Diego, 1979, at New England, 1978. So that's the first thing I thought about that today when they talked about barbecue for bonding. General, it's 40 years after the fact. We know things have changed. But do you think that works? And, and I mean, I, I do. I think chemistry obviously is a big part of it. And I know if you told me, hey, there's no practice, we're going to go eat barbecue, and basically the ticket is – you're going to sit and talk with your teammates and get to know them a little bit more. But do you think that still works with, you know, the, the changes in salaries and, you know, egos involved and all that? Do you think that still works? It works if you've got talent and coaching. Oh, you know, cool. if you don't have talent and coaching, you're going to look back and say, boy, they wasted their time. And I think that can help when things are even. And if you think about that, you know, it may sound kind of corn pone now. But when you look at what the Oilers were able to do back then, and they had talent. They got a bunch of guys in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But the idea for Bump Phillips, the reason he did it, is when things are close. And, you know, you're lined up from a guy on third and one across from you, and maybe subconsciously you don't want to let your family member down. And I don't know if it worked or not. They had really good teams. It didn't work in two AFC championship games against Pittsburgh. 
because maybe they had more bonding sessions, they had more talent, and it didn't work in Oakland after the 1980 season in the playoffs. But one of the things I used to like about going on the road for training camp, and I tried to talk Bob McNair into this in 02, was I used to watch players spend a lot of time together and a lot of good-natured back and forth. Now, back then, they drank a lot. You know, they didn't worry about things like they do today. And players would get out of meetings at 9.30, curfews at 11, and I've seen some linemen drink a case of beer by themselves in that hour and a half. And then they'd go to bed, and they'd get up in the morning at 6 a.m. and have to go practice. But times for doing that were different. And the reason I like tried to get Bob McNair to go to San Antonio, uh, like the Oilers did, is the greatest training camp site I've ever seen on the campus of Trinity University, one of the most exclusive cities in the country. And it was conducive to be on that. It was perfect for a team. Plus, I got a lot of Marriott points downtown, and we could play <laughs> golf anywhere we wanted free anytime during training camp. And Bob said, I don't know why you want to leave when we're trying to create interest and I said oh I'm gonna tell you you got a lot better chance to win if you'll go to Trinity they wouldn't let the Cowboys come there because they had too many fans and they'd trample on the flowers and the grass well I think that scrimmage they had in 03 and we talked about that when Parcells was just getting in with the Cowboys and Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent and all of that Clint Sterner was there I think they should do that every year after week one of camp just go to San Antonio scrimmage and then go back to wherever you were if you want to return to your campsite because it's great practice, and it's great for the state. It's great to get football awareness going. General, let me ask you this, because I feel a void tonight that there's no fourth preseason game. I might be in the minority. In fact, I'm in the minority, I'm sure, but I feel a void. I like this one. I like the last house on the left game, the game where it's rookies and guys you're going to cut and people are clinging for dear career life in this outing. But we don't get it tonight. I know we get the 17th regular season game, which is nice, but I feel this void this weekend with no NFL. Your thoughts? Boy, you just wasted a lot of breath. There's no there's no. There's no oxygen left in the room after that rant. My goodness. I'll tell you who misses it like you do. Wives, girlfriends, moms, dads, brothers, and sisters. They liked watching they, that last preseason game. Because that you think that's all that's watching it, huh? I don't know. You know what? The game gets good ratings. It's a we bunch of scrubs. It's a bunch of scrubs trading it, trading it for a Carolina game on national TV that they got a chance to win going against Sam Darnold, 38th and passer rating last year. If the Texans win that game and start two and one, you're going to be, you're going to say, what in the world was I thinking? Why they have a fourth preseason game? I don't want to trade back. I like the 17th game. Don't get me wrong, but I also liked this week. I'm just saying it's kind of weird to have Labor Day. So you want eight? No you want 18 games? I guess You're saying you want 18 of, games? Yeah, I guess. Well, general along those lines, it feels. I don't know. Maybe just because they're going to 17, it feels inevitable they're getting 18. When do you yes. think that might happen? When the uh, NFL uh, wants it and the un- they will give the union something it wants to entice them to do it. You know, it was a hard sell. A lot of players didn't like it. Remember there was a time that, okay, you give players an automatic game off during the season so they won't get too tired on that 17th game, mm-hmm. and no player wants to take off. And so right. they've, they have kept the practice squad 16. I'm for doing that all the time. You know, you can have your six veterans. I think that's great. So rosters are bigger. You can move players off IR anytime you want, as long as they were part of the 53. So that's how you compensate for the injuries. And the thing that gets me, and, and I I, I uh, remember there used to be 12 games, then 14 games, then 16 games. And every time they increased the schedule, media just ran it about, statistics won't matter anymore. They're skewered. You know, what about Johnny Blood rushing for 487 yards when it was 10 games? Nobody's going to recognize 
his superiority and he's in the Hall of Fame. But uh, so when you think about 18 games, you better rush for 1,500 yards if you want to be taken seriously. But other than the stats, they're going to do it. I mean, it doesn't wreak havoc with the schedule. They would have done it now if the union had agreed to it. They may have to increase the rosters a little more. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, they will not do it if COVID-19 is still an issue. Uh, by the way, in just a few moments here, because Clint and Ron were doing it along with Jim Mudd, the producer, our three-meat barbecue plate. Guys, get your answers ready. But not yet. Not yet. That's a little tease for a little bit later on before we say goodbye here. But, General, let's talk about the 53. What stood out to you when you saw that 53-man roster announced, the initial 53 anyway? What stood out to you as far as the way the Texans set it up? Cutting Geeky QT, who's their only legitimate slot receiver with Anthony Miller so hurt with his shoulder separation that Nick Casario told us yesterday, he said uh, he'll play this season. And by the way, I want to—I said I texted Nick about this. Having the GM come talk to us for over 26 minutes was tremendous. And how much we appreciated him doing that because most GMs don't talk at a time like this. They just turn it over to the coach, and that was great for him to do it because he gave us a lot of insight and gave us a lot of quotes. You know, you get tired of interviewing the same people all the time. So QT, who uh, is now with Indy, which is no surprise, considering he had two 100-yard games with the Colts, but uh, they have three legitimate receivers, Nico Collins, the rookie, and the two vets, uh, Brandon Cooks and Chris Conley, and I'll guarantee you, those are not going to be their only three legitimate receivers. Andre Roberts, of course, is a return guy, not a receiver. So uh, there's no way they go into Jacksonville with those three receivers and nobody else. John, the uh, Texas put A.J. Moore on IR, and they bring back Joe Thomas. Now, Mark and I talked about this, about waiver claims and those kind of things, that there would be a few of those. We haven't seen any of those come down. A, do you expect any of those to happen? And one position that stood out in particular, just because of the numbers, not because of the, well, I guess in some case the, the players, but running backs. We know they're not going to bring five running backs. But how do you think it goes down? Because Nick did say, hey, look, there's some guys we didn't want to subject to waivers because we know – that some team is going to snap him up. And Mark and I looked at each other, and we knew, hey, that's probably Scotty Phillips he's talking about. How do you think running back breaks down as they move forward? As you said, John, they're not going to have all of them active. I think they'd have three. And depending on the game plan, how they think they can attack the opponent. Mark Ingram's the starter. They'll play three guys in a game, I believe. Uh, David Culley told us this week it's running back by committee. But if there's a hot hand, they'll stick with it. And if there's a hot hand, they'll start – the next game. And I'll tell you what, I want to see Scotty Phillips playing with the first team. I don't want them to wait till the last two games and put him in like the Texans did. Gary Kubiak and his staff did with another undrafted rookie practice squad slash, slash special teams player who turned out to be pretty good and had two good games at the end of the year, Arian Foster. And they didn't know what they had with him and they drafted Ben Tate. And then Arian turned out to be the best running back in history. I'm not saying Scotty Phillips is going to be Arian Foster. I'm just saying their path to the to the roster has been the same. At some point, I want to see him work playing with starters against starters, and let's see what he can do. John McClain joining us. Uh, General, we'll get to more Texan stuff in just a moment here. What about the Colts? Carson Wentz, close contact, and he spoke with the media about not being vaccinated, said he thinks about the protocols a lot, keeps him up at night, in fact, the subject does, but he's still not going to do it. Your thoughts on what they're facing this year? They've had some good news lately with Quentin Nelson getting back and Ryan Kelly and that kind of thing, but what about their situation? Men come poop. I agree with Michael Irvin and so many others. If you're supposed to do everything you can to help your team win and you don't get vaccinated, you're not. You're not doing it. By not being vaccinated, if he's around another player or a trainer or anybody in the organization that tests positive, he's gotta he's gotta be out for five days. And and that could be at the end of the week and cost him a game. 
where if you're vaccinated and you're around somebody that tests positive, you don't miss any time. So it just makes no sense for all these numbskulls to not do it. I can't wait to see the the effect that COVID-19 is going to have on rosters. And at the end of the season, you look back and say, man, Carson missed that one game and we missed the playoffs by one game. You know, Ryan Tannehill's been out. I just don't, and he's vaccinated, but I I guess he is. But I, I just don't understand it. You see John Smoltz, who sounds like one of the smartest guys I've ever heard. He won't get vaccinated. Now has to do it in the studio. I don't know what he's going to do when he goes to do Fox games, but it's something I've never understood. Players don't. You know, other than Cole Beasley, nobody is explaining exactly why they don't do it, but you are hurting your team if you don't do it. So I'm thinking the Colts, they're going to have problems with COVID-19, and I think they're going to miss the playoffs. John, a team that dealt with this uh, in some way, shape, or form. I There were a few comments made about how Cam Newton wasn't vaccinated, and that maybe led to his uh, release from the Patriots. But now it's Mac Jones. In fact, Mac Jones, I think, is the only quarterback on the roster. I don't know. I think they added back Brian Hoyer. Not totally sure uh, if that's become official. But what do you make of that situation in New England with Cam being flat-out released and Mac Jones, the rookie, taking over? Well, we knew it was only a matter of time. And, of course, Cam Newton got cut because, number one, he hadn't played since his – thrown the ball well since his shoulder surgery two years ago and the fact that he's not vaccinated. That's another thing. He goes to try out with another team. He's got to sit out for five days. Meanwhile, that team could have three other guys coming in there. I thought Mac Jones would be playing by the time the Texans play him. Our football section, which will be in a Chronicle Sunday, is all over our website, texassportsnation.com, and I had to pick Texans record. They play four quarterbacks that went to the playoffs last year. Last year they played eight, and they played eight, starting with that murderer's row of Mahomes, Jackson, and Roethlisberger, and they only played two quarterbacks that went to the playoffs last season after the fourth game. They're going to play five rookie quarterbacks, including – I mean, so five games against rookie quarterbacks, including Trevor Lawrence, twice. Last year, Yemi rookie quarterbacks, they played Jake Luton. That was it. Yep. Oh, no, baby. So the whole schedule of being a third-place schedule compared to the fifth-place schedule is a huge difference. And for everybody picking the Texans to win one or two games around the country, they should analyze things like that. Because in my prediction, I have them beating, uh, let's see, Trevor Lawrence at home, Mac Jones at home, uh, Zach Wilson at home, Sam Darnold, and then I have them winning the last game against the Titans because Mike Vrabel rests his starters. So I have them going 5-12. and Ah, yes, but the schedule is a little bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing here in that you're right about the quarterbacks. That's fact. But Kyler Murray, I'm not saying he's unbelievable, but he could make that jump. Also, Matthew Stafford with the Rams – Although he didn't go to the playoffs last year, he's now with the Rams, and he should be a whole lot better. What do you think of that division, General? The NFC West, one of the best, if not the best divisions in football, and how it's going to be this year as the Texans will face every team out West. Right now it's the best, uh, hands down. Uh, By the time the Texans play the 49ers at the end of the year, Trey Lance will be the starting quarterback. You know, if you're starting Trey Lance, who's played one game last season, you know, he's going to need time. You would think he'd need time. So I have them finishing last. I have the Rams winning division, Seahawks in a wild card, and the, the uh, Cardinals don't make the playoffs. What do you think of the uh, double quarterbacks or the rotating quarterbacks in the San Francisco 49ers preseason tilt last weekend and the likelihood of continuing that into the regular season? I, I'm guessing that if Kyle Shanahan were going to do that in the first game, he wouldn't have shown it in the preseason game, but maybe he will. You know, quarterbacks don't like that. Way back when the Cowboys started in the 60s and Tom Landry rotated the quarterbacks every other play, it just drove them crazy. And I don't think it's going to work. The quarterbacks are like every other player. They need to play. They need consistency. They need to be able to recover from a mistake on the next play. And uh, But I, I can't imagine that Kyle Shanahan will do that. Now, as long as Garoppolo's healthy, he's a better quarterback than Trey Lance. 
unless you're looking down the road like it next season. John, the athletic Mike's the athletics Mike Sando, he pulled a number of NFL executives, people, whoever it was, to rank the teams in the AFC. Predictably, Chiefs number one, Bills number two. Three and four were kind of interesting because I would have I, I would have thought it might have been flipped. But the NFL executives said Ravens number three and the Browns number four. If you were a betting man, would you bet that the Ravens would finish ahead of the Browns? All things considered, everybody's staying healthy. Lamar not getting COVID anymore. Do you think the Ravens would be a team you'd put ahead of the Browns in the AFC? Well, I'd put the Titans ahead of both of them at number three, and then I'd put the Browns because I picked the Browns to win the Super Bowl in our football section because I wanted to be different. And I'm pretty sure there's people in Cleveland in the media probably doing that. But if you look at the Browns roster, nobody's got more talent than they do. They are amazing how much talent they've stockpiled over the last four or five years. Now they gotta they got to make sure it comes to fruition. And you guys know how hard it is for them to win at home because you can't throw the ball most of the time because of the terrible wind coming off Lake Erie. But I think uh, I'd put Baltimore fifth. and uh, But I, I think Tennessee averaged 31 points without uh, Julio Jones. And I think that uh, they worked real hard to improve their defense, which will be better. I think uh, the Ravens are always solid, but I couldn't pick the Ravens over the Browns. I picked the Browns to win that division. John, on Saturday, University of Houston facing Texas Tech. Big 12 expansion in the wind here with UH, UCF, Cincinnati, BYU reportedly likely to head to the Big 12. Your thoughts on the expansion, those schools, how it's all going to go down? Well, Brian T. Smith from the Chronicle just broke a story that's on our website, Texas Sports Nation. U of H is going to the Big 12. I think that's great. They wanted to go. For years, I hope they had BYU and UCF and Cincinnati, and uh, because some of those programs are pretty good, you know, fight back, don't tuck tail and run. And I'm happy for U of H. The Longhorns have kept U of H out of the Big Twelve because they didn't want U of H to have more of a foothold recruiting in the Houston area. And now the Longhorns got no say whatsoever. They'll go take over the SEC. So I think it's tremendous for Cougar fans. I think it's uh, tremendous for the Big 12. I just hope the Cougars don't beat up on my Bears too bad. <laughs> hey, also General, makes Texas, the basketballs better because U of H is better in Oklahoma and Texas and the Big 12 is a basketball conference because Big 12 has a defending national champion. Who was General, that? people that were around uh, older heads um, like us, how big a deal is it when Southwest Conference teams play each other like Texas Tech's playing Houston? Does that matter anymore? Or do you, do you no, think it that's doesn't matter. Kind of- no, it doesn't matter anymore. I'll be at that game, and it's big because both want to win it. And, uh, and I, I like all the schools that were in the Southwest Conference. It's what I grew up on. I was at U of H's first game in the Southwest Conference in which they just humiliated Baylor at uh, Baylor Stadium. And I wish the Cougars all the luck if Baylor hadn't won the basketball tournament, I was hoping the Cougars would. So I think it's going to be great for the Cougars to be in the Big 12, not just in football for Dana Holgerson, but Calvin Sampson and the Cougars in basketball. Think about that. You got two of the top teams from the country last year playing in the same conference. General, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to the football section on Sunday. Anything else we need to keep our eyes on? Nope, just all that is all over all over our website, plus the U of H going to the Big 12 story. Guys, thank you very much as always. I will not see you until Monday. All right, Monday when the Texans practice again. Thank you very much, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Coming up, we're going to do it. We're going to play Who's Better, Johnny? Yes. little division showdown here, maybe some quarterbacks as well. Oh, we didn't get the General's three-meat plate. Darn it. Oh. Maybe you can text it to me, and we'll have ours next okay, yeah. because I the, the guys on the afternoon show, Jimmy, 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 my goodness. There are absolutes here when you're going over a three-meat plate. It's Texans Radio. Texans All Access continues in a moment. 
When it comes to buying a home, look to the experts at TDECU. We're made for this market with quick pre-qualifications so you can make a competitive offer fast. We have unique options for you like no money down or up to 103% financing. TDECU Mortgage is here for you. If you can't find the home that's right for you, build it with a great construction loan. You've got this. TDECU Mortgage. We make home happen. Visit TDECU.org for details. Equal housing lender. The Houston Texans and Chevron have teamed up with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Houston and the Houston Food Bank to create the Chevron Market Pantry at the Houston Texans Team Club. The partnership provides food to the local community and is run by Team Club members and Chevron volunteers. Together, we're helping make Houston a better place to call home. With Houston Methodist Virtual Urgent Care, you can skip the drive and the waiting room and connect to our board-certified providers from your computer, tablet, or mobile phone. Virtual Urgent Care visits are available 24-7, no appointment needed, even on weekends and holidays. Now you can get the same trusted care you expect from Houston Methodist, wherever you are, whenever you need us. To learn more, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Summer-only savings await at your local Hyundai dealer. Where you go from there is up to you. Huge savings, new vehicles arriving daily, and, of course, America's best warranty. Get in to get away with it all at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR for 60 months, plus zero payments for 90 days on the 2021 Elantra. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only, offer ends 9-7-21. Call 469-613-0227 for more details. Houston Texans Lux members report up to 12 times ROI on their Lux investment. That's why 50% of Fortune 500 companies in Houston have joined Texans Lux. Lux is not just networking and access to the team. It's an asset that will work for you. In a competitive business environment, Lux members earn a return by utilizing the wide variety of Lux benefits. Find out how you can use Texans Lux to grow your business. Visit HoustonTexansLux.com. Lots more to break down next on Texans Radio. This Labor Day, put an end to junk sleep. Right now at Mattress Firm, save up to $500 on our top-rated brands when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $699 on Sealy. Or shop Tempur-Pedic and save up to $700 on adjustable mattress sets. With our highly trained sleep experts and our low price guarantee, you can rest assured you'll get the best bed at the best price. Unjunk your sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. Keep up with the Houston Texans everywhere you go. Download the Texans mobile app. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you. Good evening. Okay, let's have some fun. We got another show tomorrow at 6, but it's it feels like a Friday to me, Johnny. I don't know why. It just feels like the end of the week. Oh, because of the team. Because they had the barbecue today and they're done till Monday. I think that's why. Is that why? That's exactly why. I, I thought it was Friday all day long. I, I kept yeah. screwing that up. I was like, well, okay, tomorrow is Texas Tech U of H. All right, I got to be up there. Wait a second. No, 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 no. Tomorrow's Friday. Okay, I've been so, so incredibly messed up. The only thing that saved yeah. me was that there is, there is college football tonight. There is college football tonight. Oh, yeah, there's stuff going and on a couple tonight. of ranked teams at your Harris football, uh, footballtakeover.com. I did my Thursday night predictions, some players to watch. I finished my Harris 100, the first version of it. The final version will go live, HoustonTexas.com in March. But you can follow it all year long at footballtakeover.com. But there are some good ball players playing tonight. There are some good teams playing tonight. And the defending champs play tonight. And defending champs are the Sam Houston State Bearcats. I was going to say, wait a minute. They're not yeah. playing. Oh, yeah, Sam Houston is. All right, yeah. very cool. Um, Bama, Miami on Saturday, by the way. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Derek King. Mm. 
Hmm? Oh, don't, boy. don't bury the lead. Don't bury the lead. Oh, Bill O'Brien coached offense with Alabama. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Don't. Here we don't go. bury the lead Listen, because that's I... going to be really interesting. I mean, Mark, if you think about and, and I mean, this is no this is no um uh indication about, you know, thoughts on Bill or anything like that. They lost Mac Jones, who will start for the Patriots week one as a rookie. They lost Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. They lost Najee Harris, another first-rounder. They lost Alex Leatherwood, a first-round offensive lineman. Deontay Brown, All-SEC and All-American. They lost Landon Dickerson, All-American center. And I think he won the Remington Award. Those players are all gone. And the tight end, one of the tight ends they were going to rely on, sounds like he had some issues with practice and everything going on. So it sounds like he may not play a whole lot. And they got to face Miami. Now, I don't think Miami's loaded on defense, but they got a couple couple of players on that side. This is going to be – I hate to say it's for Bill, but this is a no-win situation. No win at all because if, if he they, does well, you're supposed to do well. Right. And If, if you don't do well, you screwed it up, right? That's exactly, and it's his fault. Uh, and that's, uh, that's going to be tough. Now, he does have Bryce Young. Yeah, as quarterback, former modern-day star who played against DJ Uyunglele. Those two battled it out in high school. Had one of the great high school games ever when those two last played in 2019. But Bryce Young can play, and he's going to be really, really fun to watch. And apparently he's already made uh, well over well over $100,000. I think he's made almost a million dollars in NIL money. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Almost. I, I want to say – this is back in July. He, I, I, Nick Saban – had said, I think, at, at one of the coaching conventions, said, yeah, Bryce Young has made well over a million dollars in NIL money. I'm like, whoa. And that was the best thing he could have done for, for recruiting. He, yeah. I think he said oh. actually in Texas. I think it was here in Texas he said that. Like I, I've said it before, the good schools are going to find ways yep. to make the introduction uh, yes. with some of their players with people who can make them good NIL cash instantly. And we'll see how it goes. I thought Herb Street made some great points on the Flutie Flakes podcast, by the way, about just building great relationships with the university community for the long haul. But uh, that's a whole other subject for another day. Johnny, quickly, three meat plate, go. Brisket, ribs, sausage. It's easy to me. Yeah, you know what? Exactly. You and I think alike here. This is an absolute to me. Brisket, ribs, sausage. And I know uh, Clint was talking about Texas Star Grill Shop. By the way, I got a Traeger from there, and it's freaking believable. I mean, I've been smoking, and uh, I'm going to have you over, my friend, and uh, it'll be good. But uh, it is uh, it's it's unbelievable. It's a whole other world to me because you know I'm I'm like a very junior varsity griller, and now I'm I'm moving up in yeah. the world. I'm gonna get nil money for. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm like that too. Now look, it's a tasting food, but I just feel like uh, you can't go wrong. But Jimmy picked a pork steak, and Jimmy, help me out if you're there. A pork steak, uh, half a chicken. And jalapeno some sausage. Other... Okay, oh, jalapeno, jalapeno sausage. sausage, Jimmy, rock on. I mean, my sausage, jalapeno sausage, I'm, I'm good. Now, I will say, if you dunk the chicken, like I've seen uh, Bob Gibson's do, dunk the chicken in Alabama white sauce. Oh, boy. That I, that I like. We had that in Nashville. When we were in Nashville one time, Mark, we had that uh, when we At went out Southern? to dinner. And it was really, yeah. really good. They dunk it in Alabama white sauce. Uh, the pork steak I can't get with, but you could, you could, you could get me on a little pulled pork. But that still is going to end up fourth behind. You're such fruit. a Carolina guy. You know, all right. You could get me on the pork steak if it's prepared very well and tender and everything like that. Boy, we're getting everybody hungry here. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, let's do this now. Who's better? Are you ready? Okay, let's go. All right, let's go some divisional action here. Who's better, the AFC North or the NFC West? Ooh. The AFC North or the NFC West. Now, stay with me here. Mm-hmm. You get the Ravens. Yep. You get the Browns. You get the Steelers. You have three playoff teams there, right? right? I know you have right. Cincinnati. Cincinnati trailing. But you have Joe Burrow coming back here. Now, the NFC West You've got the 49ers losing season last year, but they get Garoppolo back and a bunch of other guys back, and they've got Trey Lance, right? Yes. You've got Arizona, who is a sexy team, according to everybody, although Kyler Murray threw, like, three passes in the preseason, and they're just going to let it go. Like, he's a 10-year vet who has no issues at all. We'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Seattle, Seattle. Now, they have some issues, too. 
And I just feel like the unhappiness is kind of building up there to the point where are they going to be able to rally the troops once again, you know? And you have the Rams with Matthew Stafford. Like, you could see things going wrong with any one of those teams, and I guess the AFC North too, but what are your thoughts here? I think you – let's match them up, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's say you go Ravens and Seahawks. That's a a tremendous battle. Then you go – Browns and Rams. That's another good one. Then I think the separator is here because I think the 49ers would beat the Steelers fully and completely healthy on both sides. And I feel like the Cardinals would beat the Bengals straight up. And I think the top two might be, they might be split. So that's 3 1 to me, the NFC West. Because when you ask it immediately, gut reaction, NFC West. I think the Steelers will be a little bit better than maybe I originally thought because it's just it's the Steelers. They're, they they never take and because the defense is so good. I think right. the Steelers are going to be uh, the Steelers are going to be uh, much probably better than than we think. I think Ben's on his last legs. I think this is the last we see of him. They better find. But an a bad for year that. for them is eight and eight. Yeah, but if you matched up them with the 49ers, I mean the 49ers are liable to finish three and fourteen or fourteen and three. I mean, it really, it comes down to can that can that group stay healthy? When it has been healthy, they're six and ten or six and eleven. Uh, when they've been healthy, they went all the way to the Super Bowl. So it's it's hard to really go with the 49ers. I just think the 49ers, if they stay healthy, that's a ten eleven win team, and I think they're they would be right there in the mix. I don't know if I'm buying Matt Stafford to be honest with you, but I am buying Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, that defense. I am buying. I am buying that group. Is he better so, than Goff for that team? For that team, yes. But well, how much team? better? How much better though are they than they were last year? Is it like a step forward, but I'm not ready to put them. Uh, I'm not ready to to give them the division. Not with San Francisco healthy and Russell Wilson coming back, but. It would be very interesting in Seattle because Seattle's going to start running that Sean McVay offense with Shane Waldron. So I'm curious to see what Seattle does. I don't think Seattle's going to completely implode. they got too many players for that. But I think, I think Stafford makes a difference. But I think the Niners staying healthy are going to be the team. I, I would roll the dice and say Niners, but I'm saying NFC West over the AFC North. AFC East or the AFC South? Oh, man. All right, so you have, you have Buffalo, AFC Championship game participant. You have the Titans, AFC Championship game participant from the year yeah. before. You have the Colts, who were a playoff team last year. If the Colts still had a healthy Phillip Rivers, maybe a little bit younger, I think their outlook would be completely different. But Wentz, yeah. with his health issues to begin with, and then you throw the COVID, I don't want to get vaccinated stuff, on top of that with lack of availability and what they have behind him, you start to look and say, I don't know about them. McLean just said he doesn't think they're making the playoffs. And, you know, then you have the Texans and the Jags, and who knows, uh, because there's a lot of mystery with each of the, these teams. And then you look at the East. You know, I mentioned Buffalo. Miami? I don't know. Really? The Patriots? Okay, should be better. The opt-outs are back. It's the Patriots. But rookie quarterback from the get-go in New England, and he's, you know, this guy's not Tom Brady. You know, every time they talk about Matt Jones, they show all the Mac Jones highlights from the preseason, and I'm looking, and I'm like, uh, you know, all right, great. Checkdowns and a lot of stuff like that. Now, good. Good percentage. Didn't turn it over. I like that for him. Hate that for, you know, because I don't like the Patriots. But we'll see how it goes. I'm saying AFC South, and that's a little bit of a homer call. But I think, A, come a couple things. Number one, you remember what the Titans did to the Bills last year in Ooh. Nashville? Absolutely smoked them. 42-17 to 17 or something like that. Just blitzkrieged them. Now, that's last year. I get that. And the Bills, from that point, got better and better and better. This year, I would flip that. I think the Bills would end up beating beating the Titans. We have, uh, to me, in, in, there are two, two wild cards. The Dolphins on the AFC East side and the Colts on this side. The Colts and COVID. And then you, are, you already had Carson Wentz being a wild card as it was. So now all of a sudden you got this whole COVID thing. Uh, Darius Leonard spoke today, and that was a mess. If you just follow anybody from any of the media from Indy, they're just up in arms like, what is going on? And they're not the only ones. 
Chris Ballard had a had a press availability yesterday, and it was kind of the same feeling from Chris. Like, look, we're giving these guys as much information as we possibly can. And there's Darius Leonard saying, well, you know, I don't have enough information. I'm like, the the, the information that we have gotten from our doctors mm-hmm. and our people here in Houston, it's it's unreal. It's absolutely unbelievable the information that they have shared with us and shared with us throughout the entire pandemic. It's been unreal. The Zoom calls that we've been on, uh, that Jack has led, that we have done. It's it's unbelievable the information, and then they're sitting there, ah, we don't have enough information. Like, what? Uh, Seriously? Putting doctors out there from Houston Methodist for the entire staff to ask questions. I mean, not just hear from them, but ask questions. Yes. Find out stuff. Look, I am the biggest doctor internet out there, or one of them anyway, okay? I am Dr. Vanderweb. I, <laughs> I cruise the web for so much stuff, and I can't find – look, I see a lot of complaining and questioning, but, you know, if there's a secret sauce to the vaccination – I don't want to get into this, but yeah, I, I don't – I hear what you're saying. Look, I did it, and here I am, and, you know, when I was in the booth at Green Bay, our first game, I was like, you know, you could basically put anything in me right now, and I'd be happy to be here. <laughs> because <laughs> because yeah. I'm there in the NFL booth, and yes. you guys play the game. All right, yes. so I don't want to get into that. Yeah. But um, it is what it is, and if people don't want to go, it's, you know, their choice. But you know what? With those choices, you live with the consequences because workplace environment is what it is right now, and you got to deal with it. It's just a I, I'm biased in this to say the AFC South. Um I, you know, I was looking at some over-unders a couple days ago and just kind of looking at them and seeing what Vegas thinks. And and they're, they're, fairly, they're fairly close for the most part. The one that's actually probably the biggest distance is us. The over-under is four, and I think the Jets is six. But I'll tee it up against the Jets any single day, I mean, with, with this squad. So from that perspective, I'm going to say I'm gonna say AFC South. I do think the Patriots will be better. But I think the Dolphins take a step back. I think the Ooh. Dolphins are the team that I'm like, eh, I don't know, man. They've put some money in some guys. You know, we know we've seen the Will Fuller experience and what that what that can be and what it turns into. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, we'll see what happens with that squad. But I'm not totally buying Miami just yet. It's got to be weird for the Dolphins because they keep getting asked about you know who. Yep. And it's kind of awkward, right? Yep. The reports about the owner, and then it's just strange. And the quarterback, you want to say we believe in our quarterback, and I know they've said that, but you know words are one thing and actions are another, or I guess reported actions. So we'll see. Anyway, next up. I want to get into around the league stuff a little bit more and also that Big 12 story because this really is intriguing, especially with what's happening at the stadium on Saturday with the Good Sam Texas kickoff as you have U of H and Texas Tech squaring off. It's Texans Radio. If you love podcasts and you love the Texans, you'll love our Texans podcasts. Now available on iTunes and HoustonTexans.com. To a child, time spent outside is never a waste. Play is a job and a serious one at that, and each day is a new opportunity for adventure. At Texas Children's Hospital, we're all about happy, healthy kids. And as the official children's hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60, we join our hometown team in hoping that in your house, play never goes out of style. Welcome back to the conversation. It's Texans All Access on Texans Radio. All right, so here's the deal. Tomorrow night we have a show at 6. Monday, Texans Radio off as uh, it'll be Sports Radio 610 all day long. I don't know how they're going to set up the day, Labor Day. Uh, We're working Labor Day. I mean, everybody in the building at NRG works on Labor Day, players and staff, business ops, everything, because it's game week. It's opening week, so that's not a holiday for Texans employees. Uh, That doesn't mean they're not going to take advantage of Saturday and Sunday, though, if at all possible. However, really, Saturday's not a holiday either, Johnny, because it's the Texas kickoff. The Good Sam Texas kickoff with Texas Tech and the University of Houston. And i got to say that this story about the Big 12 and U of H just adds to the intrigue of this game, makes it super cool. These are future conference foes, really, with this uh, story breaking. And 
I look at the Big 12, you know, General was talking about, well, the long the Longhorns were keeping UH out of the Big 12. And, I, yeah, I got it. But here's the deal. The Big 12 now needs UH. If they still had the Aggies, we could say, well, the Aggies and or UT deliver Houston. But without either of those schools and OU, although OU probably wouldn't do this anyway, you're not getting the Houston market the way you want, right? UH, when they're good, they do well in the TV ratings, okay? Maybe not when UT's doing well, well, but still pretty well when they're a winning team. So I think this is a very, obviously, it's a huge market, and this is the way to go, man. they got to get UH. UH is now the pretty girl at the dance, and they are going to need the University of Houston in this league. Thoughts? I think, and again, you you don't want to you don't want to split the pie just to split the pie. You don't want to get back to twelve just so you can say, "Well, we're the Big Twelve again." You, you want to make sure that what you are adding to the mix makes financial sense. U of H to me makes, I think it makes financial sense. Now, some will argue, well, look, you already had Houston anyways, but you had Houston in large part because you had University of Texas more than likely. So you get University of Houston. Here's here's one I think for the Big 12 that would be interesting. You know, General said BYU. BYU's TV ratings are through the roof. Whenever, And I learned that in 2009 when I went to see BYU Oklahoma up in Jerry World. BYU's I was amazed. I was like, there are more people here from BYU than Oklahoma. It was a, it was, it was over, it was over fifty percent BYU. I was like, wow. does big, but but does BYU want this? Yeah, that's the big question. That's the question. I don't know that BYU wants it, but how about Memphis? How about UCF? What about just taking some of those schools from the AAC? And I hate to say the AAC. Uh, Mike Oresco is probably like, yo, leave my AAC alone. Yeah. But Houston and Memphis, those are those are two decent markets. You bring in UCF. UCF has grown to a point, Mark, I remember I used to get pamphlets from UCF and uh, at when I was coaching at Episcopal, and they would send, hey, here's our uh, you know 20-year report card or whatever it is, and they would show the beginnings of UCF. And it was like, oh, my God, UCF is still such a young program. It just wasn't even viable back then. Now it's a viable product. And actually, we'll see that tonight because UCF and Boise State, that's a heck of a game for a Thursday night. UCF taking on Boise State. And there's another one. Is Boise State, I know that Boise State's become you know a national name, but is it enough that the Big 12 would say, yeah, yeah, bring them on, let's, let's go, let's do this? I, I don't know. But I know U of H and Memphis know. would sure as heck – uh, make a ripple in the Big 12 and the Big 12 area for sure. You, you always have to think about the markets the schools bring. You know, somebody said to me, well, what about UConn? Because I know they're dying on the vine. Yeah. But UConn, you know, if they could, like, rev it up again. This is a school that played at a Fiesta Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah, Gosh, exactly. Hard to believe. But could they bring you New York or Boston or both, just enough in that region? I don't think the answer is yes. I think if it was working for them football-wise, it would still be working for them football-wise. It's just not. UMass would love to be in it as they're clinging. They're, they're on life support oh, exactly. as an independent yeah. in Division One. I'm thinking about those, those Northeast options. You're right. UCF, they've turned themselves into a, a really terrific D1, for lack of a better way of putting it, FBS program. Uh, Cincinnati, obviously very good. I guess, you know, based on where you are right now, they've got the they've got the targets properly identified. I just don't know about BYU. If I'm the Pac-12, I'd love to have BYU in my conference because of yes. reasons you said. All right, I know that's all the time we have for tonight, but it's a fun conversation. Conference realignment is always interesting, but, man, it's so great. So great for the University of Houston. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, you thought, are they ever going to get the facilities they need? And with the football stadium, the way they've re-managed to, or the way they've managed to uh, revamp the basketball arena, which is terrific, and the success of Kelvin Sampson's program, it is outstanding. So that is going to be great news. All right, Johnny, thanks a lot. Looking forward to tomorrow night's show. And, of course, the bowl, the bowl, the kickoff on Saturday. Feels like a bowl with Texas Tech and UH getting together. Some tickets still available. 
go to Ticketmaster for your seats. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you, Jim Mudd, for producing. Go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we built the trucks of the future for everyone. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 44 years straight. Built for performance and capability on and off-road. Because the trucks of the future aren't built for a few. They're built for America. Ford F-Series, drive one today. Based on 1977 to 2020 calendar year total sales. As the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Eye Associates knows that vision is everything, especially in football. Houston Eye is here to help Texans see better and keep their eyes on the prize. As a Texans fan, you'll win all season long. So visit one of our 28 Houston area locations this season and receive 20% off your optical purchase when you say that you share the Texans vision. Come and see us today for more details. Houston Eye Associates, the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Honor the brave men and women who serve our country by registering for the Houston Texans Running of the Bulls 5K Run Walk presented by HEB. Included with your registration, you'll get race day swag, cross the finish line on the field of NRG Stadium, enjoy a post-race party with free pizza and beer, plus so much more. All proceeds from your registration will benefit the USO Houston and Houston Texans Foundation. Register at HoustonTexans.com slash run slash 